Muggles with Attitude is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know armadillos have regular democratic elections to determine who the leader or king or viceroy of the armadillo is going to be? Unfortunately, every armadillo always votes for themselves, so no one ever wins the election. Uh, (laughs) It hasn't happened in 400 years since armadillos were invented. (laughs) (laughs) I did not know that. For more armadillo-related facts, and to find out how you can access episodes a day early, check us out at patreon.com slash armadillopodcastingclub. Hello there. You're listening Hogwarts. to Muggles. There's <laughs> <laughs> <is> a rest. <laughs> he wasn't done with the song, Alex. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. That was so rude of me. <laughs> Are you done, Jeff? Yes. <laughs> Hello there. You're listening to Muggles with Attitude. We are reading J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter series of fantasy novels. I'm Alice Sullivan. I'm Jeff Lake. And I'm Micah Sparkman. And today we're going to be covering chapters... Shit. And today we're going to be covering chapters 19 through 22 of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, the fifth book in the Harry Potter series. Last time... Previously, Umbridge is appointed the High Inquisitor of Hogwarts, which gives Harry even more reason to hate her. He responds in the only reasonable way by forming a secret army of anti-establishment child soldiers loyal only to Dumbledore. Obviously. So Dobby turns them on to the Room of Requirement, a magical room that equips itself with whatever stuff you most need at any given time. Uh, you know, I bet that's been a magic makeout spot a lot of times at this point. That's a good point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I need to get off. <laughs> <laughs> room of Requirement, here I come. Yeah. Well, remember what the, what the house elves call it. What do they call it again? The come and go room. <laughs> oh, 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 man. Man, so that's... Where it is most of the time, those house elves <laughs> making use of the rumor requirement. <laughs> Here you go. You know, sometimes you just got to come and you got to go. <laughs> uh, also, Harry has begun to pick up the Voldemort Feels Spotify station on his Scar radio. For some reason, it's mostly a lot of 90s slow jams, but like, you know, <laughs> Harry's into it. Chapter 19, The Lion and the Serpent. Hermione is brilliant. Like this idea that she comes up with this idea for fake coins, and you can change the numbers on them to share when the next uh, Dumbledore's army meeting is going to be. Like, that's a great idea. I know, and uh, I was thinking about this. It's like, this is, this is, this, this is like the clandestine communication thing that is like textbook for, for a secret organization, right? Mm-hmm. Like she's building this from the ground up, and this, this particular spell apparently is something that nobody should, at, her, at her level should be able to do. She's just on top of all this shit. Yeah, she totally mm-hmm. is. Yeah, what I, the latency on this is like. It's a good question. Okay. Does it happen immediately? Did she just solve like spontaneous transmission of information? It's, it's got to be speed of light at most, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's it, magic. Well, it is magic. Okay, so it's magic. <laughs> so they can go faster than light all the time. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Like, right? They do it all. It's like not even a big deal. But they can't use cell phones. That's right. So, yeah, I, I ask again, why is Hermione in Gryffindor? That's a great question. Because she hasn't, has she ever really shown bravery? Yeah. I mean, yeah, arguably by doing this, she's showing bravery, right? Just and, by organizing this but thing. But she's showing a lot more cunning than she is showing bravery. I, I mean, she has to be cunning, but she has to be tremendously brave to... Because, remember, because she, she t- sets a lot of store by the rules, and she's risking expulsion or maybe even, like, arrest 
by yeah. starting this club because she's doing what she thinks is right. And she's done other shit with Harry, too. Like, in the Sorcerer's Stone, they had to do a bunch of weird shit, and she was part of that. It just seems like she doesn't quite fit in in Gryffindor, other than being buddies with the, the star pupil of Gryffindor. She doesn't fit in anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I think Ravenclaw would have been a better match well, for her. I wonder, did the Sorting Hat, a.k.a. Dumbledore's sock puppet... <laughs> Did he have a plan for this from even way back then? Like he know, like the Gryffindors are my guys, but you know, let's let's face it, right? It's it's a like a bag of ball peen hammers in there as far as intellect. So he like some picked brains. one smarty to put in there to like be the brains of, of the operation. Probably. Right? I mean, Dumbledore. Probably this this that's happening right now is Dumbledore's whole plan, right? So he needed somebody like Hermione to help run shit. Yeah, because yeah. otherwise, like you said, Harry would just be berserker and Ron would just kind of go along with it. And exactly. I mean, yeah, right? Hogwarts would have come down into, it would be smoking ruins by now if they didn't have Hermione there. <laughs> I know, exactly, right? Yeah. yeah. Harry would have died in book one if it weren't for Hermione. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it's funny, though. She admits that her idea was inspired by the Death Eater's Dark Mark. <laughs> so. I think that just makes her even smarter, though. But no, I mean, it's just, you know, it's... Yeah, that's, I mean, I don't think anybody else in Gryffindor would think, like, let's... This technique done by the incredibly evil people, we can do it. Just don't be evil with it, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, like, like let's let's learn from our enemies. Say what you will about Voldemort, but he basically wrote the book on forming secret anti-government paramilitary forces, right? <laughs> like, that's what he did. <laughs> so yeah, why not steal from him? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we also have the first Quidditch match coming up, and Ron is that's, not oh, having. I just I came up with my my political campaign slogan for Hermione: but, Voldemort with a nose. With a nose, because Voldemort does have a nose. Have a nose. <laughs> But she's also smarter than him, so K N O W S. Oh, wait, is she smarter than Voldemort? I I Probably. assume so. So far, I mean, Voldemort she has hasn't been not... taken down by a baby, so <laughs> <laughs> touche. Yeah, That's right. No babies have killed her yet. Yeah. I don't know what happens in the last two books. <laughs> it gets real weird. Look, no spoilers, all right. <laughs> so the first Quidditch match is coming up, and Ron is freaking out. He's having a crisis of confidence there. Yeah, it's funny because, like, you know. Everyone's really excited about it, and you know, the a lot of the Gryffindor teams kind of like basking in the, the the fame, and like everyone's like, "Yeah, you guys rock!" But Ron is just like not feeling great, and, and I find this actually pretty relatable because as someone who gets like hardcore stage fright, his position is super relatable. Like I just oh, feel yeah. like, oh yeah, yeah, like he needs some like wizard beta blockers or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and he's not used to ever being in the spotlight ever. Which Quidditch is kind of doing for him. Yeah, that's true. Like Harry's, I mean, they had a whole fight of, about it two books ago. But Harry's off is always the guy who's the focus. So yeah. even in his family, all the other brothers get the attention. Mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah, for sure. So this is the first time he's had like this this level of scrutiny. Mm-hmm. And the Slytherins, they know how to poke at him with that. They come up with like a whole cruel song that like is really mean about him and his family. It's I awful. really like the Slytherin side that like they it? run. Uh-huh. It's funny, you know, and it's like they're it's part of the gamesmanship of, of Quidditch, right? They've got a new keeper and so they come up with a song and they make badges and all just to get Fuck in this guy's him. head, you yeah. know. It's like those uh, at the basketball games, people holding up the giant printed out faces of LeBron James or whatever just to distract him. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. That's, yeah. It's it's funny. I think it's cool. But yeah. you know who would distract the Slytherins? Luna's awesome hat. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Man. She had the coolest goddamn hat. I wanted to know more great. about this hat. Yeah. Right. I know. Like they they did gloss over this, but she's got this giant lion, like life size lion that roars, and she's you know just wearing on her hat. Right. She's and, a Ravenclaw. She's uh-huh. smart. And and Harry's like ah, that's weird. But but 
everybody should be reacting like, where do we get more of those? I know. Yeah. That's what the Griffin, you know, you know what drowns out singing really well? Like a fuck ton of lions. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If the whole Gryffindor, you know, fan te- group was wearing these hats, then Ron would be fine. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But, you know, no one listens to Luna. Something that I think J.K. Rowling does really well is explaining what's going on through the commentating. Because Lee Jordan, it's one, he's the twins' friend, and he's kind of, like, commentating. Commentating? That sounds weird to say. Is that he's right? commentating, right? Yeah, commentating? commentating is the common usage. Okay. He's the he's, commentator. He's the be, commentator. You would say he was commenting if you were, like, being super precise, but people say commentating. Okay. Well, whatever. He was talking about the game as it was going. <laughs> I loved his commentary. It was really funny. Yeah, no, he's, he's always good. And I, I love his little, like jabs every now and then McGonagall's kind of trying to keep him under control but uh-huh. he's just like oh these guys suck he's like Jordan uh, he's, he's yeah. not even close to objective you oh know? Yeah, uh-huh. no not at he's, all he's fantastic it, well, it that's start, okay because the Slytherins me, are the worst it puts me back on the Slytherin side you yeah. know even the the play by play guy is like in the bag for Gryffindor. Everybody's in the bag for Gryffindor. Everybody hates Slytherin before they even walk on the field. Yeah. Like they kind of have to be aggressive about their own fandom mm. because otherwise it, it you know, they'll be shamed off the field. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fair point. But, of and, course... And if you, want, if you want the Slytherins to be reasonable, you have to be reasonable with them, you know? No, they have to be the reasonable ones. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. But Gryffindor wins, of course. Well, <laughs> they're not doing great. Like, they're actually doing really poorly. But, of course, the only thing that matters in Quidditch is the snitch, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Gryffindor is getting beat pretty hard, and then Harry Potter finds the snitch. Right, because Ron mm-hmm. is just... Getting his ass handed to him because, because the Slytherins got in his head. Yep. I'm, I'm surprised that there's no team so far that's devised the strategy where it's just like everyone's searching for the snitch and there's just like a group of people running, you know, like blockers around the. Well, yeah, right. Just line up in front of the goals and stand there. Yeah. And just let, let the seeker go for the snitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's off. a point. Yeah. yeah. Huh. But uh, after the game, though, Malfoy, like, we know Malfoy's supposed to be the bad guy, but he is a huge asshole. He just goes after Ron's parents and Hermione's mom. And then he pisses off Fred and George and it's like, oh, now you're in it. I know. You know, it yeah. occurs to me that Malfoy is not nearly big enough for the mouth that he has on him. I'm surprised this dude doesn't get his ass kicked every single day. It mm-hmm. probably would if not for Crab and Boyle, right? Well, he probably does and he just gets goes to the, the Mistress Pomfrey's hospital <laughs> and just gets fixed up. Right? That's true. Or because people are afraid of his dad. Mm, I, I suppose so. I don't know. I, I, I mean, is that, I guess that's something people probably think about it. Yeah. How it works. And yeah, I, and, and, and like pissing off Harry Potter is one thing, right? Harry Potter won't kill you. But Fred and George, like that's, that's real scary stuff, they, right? They have right. very little respect for human life. <laughs> As you we know this, right? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. That's and what you, I was saying. I mean, like you... The, they could fly off the handle and try and punch him like this, or they could go stone cold and then, you know, a week later, Malfoy chokes on his own ten-tongue tongue. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you have, to, you have to check everything you eat or drink for the rest of your life because <laughs> Fred and George are trying to poison you the whole yeah. time. Right. You, you, you take a sip of pumpkin juice and you're vomiting for the rest of your life, you know? <laughs> the rest of your very short life. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, these guys have a whole arsenal of ways to make your life miserable or even kill you. Yep. And... I, I just have Abraka face punch. I'm not sure who is it who punt ends up punching Malfoy. I didn't even it write it was down. Was Fred? Oh um, yeah, doesn't he say something about like his hand is sore from <laughs> Malfoy's jaw? No, no, no. It's George. It is George. It's George. Okay. Yeah, George ends up punching Malfoy. McGonagall is there, um, bawling them out, and Umbridge arrives. Yay! Mm. There's a new educational decree where she has supreme authority over all student punishments. 
and related things. Yeah. Oh yeah. man, Umbridge is the worst. I'm still having like these visceral reactions to her her scenes. Like when she's there in the the thing, like doing her little smirk and and like mm-hmm. di- like laying out these this these ridiculous punishments and like being just incredibly unjust. Oh, I just I hate her so much. I know. Forever. Well, the the author's hatred definitely like just comes off the page there. Yeah, for sure. But Fred and. Um, Harry and George and Fred, even though he didn't actually get physically involved, are banned from playing Quidditch. And she takes their brooms. And she says it's a lifelong ban, but like, fuck you. Like, once they leave Hogwarts, they, she can't well, fucking. No. She, she, she works work for, for the ministry. Yeah. Yeah. She but works for the government. Surely she can't make a lifelong ban. She she well, okay. actually can. What's right? happening here is not due process. What's happening here is this person who has the authority of the wizard prime minister screwing these kids because. Out of like partisan anger, mm-hmm. yeah. so yeah, she totally can, right? Yeah. She do whatever she wants. Yeah, and, and I mean, Fudge supports her. So if he, if she says lifelong ban on Quidditch and the Ministry, because I mean, remember the the Ministry oversees Quidditch too, right? They have the the Department of the regulations and everything. Games he, and sports. Yeah, but these teams of you know Puddlemere United or whatever, like I'm assuming it's privately owned. If they want to hire one of these guys when they graduate. Is there really anything stopping them? I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I wouldn't assume so, actually. I wouldn't assume that they're privately owned. Well, yeah, if the, uh, if the league office is government-run, then they, they, the league office has authority, some authority, oh. right? Some pull against the teams. It's unclear. Oh. Yeah. And it's, besides, it's wizard, so, you know. But, yeah, those teams aren't going to want to piss off Cornelius Fudge just to get these, you know, mediocre teenage Is Leo Bagman still right? the games guy? Yay. No, I don't think he is. I, I think because he because he had that trouble with the goblins. Is he on the run or and something? In the goblet of fire, yeah, and he had to he had to skedaddle. That's right. Because he cheated the goblins out of a bunch of their gold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Goblins hate that. They sure do. But hey, at least Hagrid's back. Yeah, so that's something. Yeah, you know, a lot of a lot of bad things, but man, I missed Hagrid. Yeah. Chapter twenty, Hagrid's tale. So they go and visit Hagrid, and he has had the shit beaten out of him. They they do a classic sneaking out after dark, which they haven't done this whole book. That's yeah. true. Yeah, three kids and one invisibility cloak. Yeah. Yeah, it's oh, been those... like three weeks. Like, what's going on? No, right? <laughs> like, they should be doing this every night. But right. they've been, you know, surprisingly attentive to the rules for some reason. Mm-hmm. Except for the whole, like, forming the Dumbledore's army. But other yeah. than that. They, they're trying to keep their, their heads down. That's mm-hmm. true. Because of the insurgency. Right. Uh, but yeah, they even point out how Ron's having trouble fitting under the cloak now because he's so much taller I than he know. was. Like, we're not going to be able to all fit under this cloak altogether anymore. It, it, it gives, it's so dumb, but it gives me a little bit of like, aww. Wait, is it a short cloak? Isn't it grown It's not size? meant for three people. It's meant for one adult or three children. <laughs> so now that Ron's getting adult size, it probably won't fit them all very well mm-hmm. anymore. Hmm. Yeah. Also, he's supposed to be especially tall, I think. Oh, is he? I think so. Oh, yeah, they do, they do mention he's shot up a bunch. He's all mm-hmm. gangly. Yeah. But yeah, like you said, Hagrid has not been doing very well. He's had, the, he's had his ass beat. Yeah, but we get a whole long story about going, he and Madame Maxime, the headmistress from Bobaton, who's also a half-giant, uh, there's a whole story about them going and trying to find the giant giants and bring them over to Dumbledore's side. I love this like introduction, though, because... 
you know, Hagrid, of course, is a stony wall of secrecy, right? <laughs> <laughs> Not even torture will loosen his lips. Oh, no, there he goes. He's yeah. just like, oh, you figured it out. Guess I'm going to tell you the whole story now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those crafty kids, they asked me three times. <laughs> <laughs> I just, like, I, I wonder if the only reason Hagrid manages to keep any secrets at all is because people don't bother to ask him, you know? <laughs> like, people just don't assume he knows anything. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, yeah, you just tell him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is a super, I thought this was fascinating. This is a really interesting story that he tells about how the giants are dying out. And so there's somebody named the Gerg, who's the chief of the giants. Yeah. Um, but he and Madame Maxime, they go and they find him and they're trying to win over the chief, but then he's killed in the night and there's a new Gerg. Yeah. This Um, like whole giant politics and etiquette thing is surprisingly delicate i guess yeah Yeah. and and dumbledore gave hagrid it seems like there were really good instructions if it wasn't for a huge fight that ended up killing the chief that they were making progress with yeah Yeah. i'm guessing instigated by the death eaters because the the new king is in with the death eaters almost certainly yeah i I suspect they'd already been talking to this other giant and just waiting for their their moment to to push right yeah um yeah Turns out that, yeah, Death Eaters are hanging around the mountains, too, trying to talk to the giants and having better luck of it, apparently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was, this this whole story was a pretty wild ride. It like, was a wild ride. But, like, they're like, well, um, Hagrid is like, well, we're not going to leave yet because we have these instructions, so we're going to keep trying. So they find some of the, like, outcast giants, mm-hmm. and they seem really receptive, but then they're killed, too. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, not, not a big success, it seems well, like. Well, I was thinking about this, right? So you wouldn't consider it successful unless consider that Hagrid's presence kicked off a giant civil war that destroyed any, you know, cohesion that they might have had to begin with and also significantly reduced their numbers. Yeah. So now mm. the giants are not a factor, right? I mean, best, it's, best, it's case scenario, it, right? best case scenario, the giants are on your side. Second best case scenario, no more giants. If you can't join them, beat them, right? Yeah. <laughs> I hadn't thought about it that way. Yeah, so if... Uh, if so if you were cynical and you sent, like, your... Uh, let's say least deft lieutenant to go handle this, <laughs> and then a bunch of giants end up being uh, killed. Then that's fewer giants it's to join bad. the Dark Lord, right? Yeah, yeah. They, Tough break, you... Hagrid. You gave it the old college try, though. <laughs> haven't didn't Americans do that with like? Haven't they done that in the past with like setting up leaders in South American countries? Uh, Officially, times. yeah, no, around the never. World. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> never. They've done it in several Middle Eastern countries, several. Uh, uh, South, South American, American countries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They generally prop up the right-wing death squad types against the communist types because communism is so evil. Mm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but Hagrid also found out his mom died, which yeah. is he, not really sad. Yeah, he even says like, "I I didn't really know her, you know, because because she left shortly after he was born, right? Yeah. So, you know, sad yes, but at the same time, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. wasn't so he, a great mom. Here's my theory for what happened to his face, uh-huh. Madame Maxime. Oh, yeah. An abusive relationship? No, that's just how half-giants get down. Oh, yeah. And that's right. why That's why Hagrid won't tell these kids about it. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you going to say? Well, you know, when giants fuck, it gets rough. <laughs> and the kids, are, they don't want to hear that, right? This, this is how giants like to get down. There's nothing wrong with it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if that's, uh, that's how giants do it. You know, you know, he comes back, he's got, you know, a sore step. You know, he's limping a little bit, but he looks satisfied. Got a smile on his face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But as soon as he's finished telling the story, Umbridge shows up, and the the three they hide under the cloak, and 
this is great because she shows up and Hagrid has, he just got back. He has no idea who this woman is. And she, Umbridge tells him she's the new defense against the dark arts teacher. And like the first thing he said is like, well, that's brave of you. <laughs> yeah. Nobody else would take that position. You, you like, know what happens to all the others? <laughs> yeah, I guess I won't be learning your name then. <laughs> <laughs> Have you uh, met Harry Potter by chance? I'm just curious. <laughs> Oh god, yeah, I know. No, it's like it's funny because our least successful executor of subterfuge is like being interrogated by Umbridge, and it does not go great. Yeah, because no. he just doesn't know anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, despite his best efforts, he doesn't manage to disclose any uh, secrets. But still, it's yeah. Like, but she's told she's onto him though. She somehow knows that he'd been trying to contact the giants. She kind of hints at it. Yeah, that's that is interesting, right? That she she knows. I'm not, yeah, I'm not, it's interesting that she would know that, isn't it? I'm wondering if there is a mole in the order, because I know you, yeah, that was a theory of yours. Yeah, I, I mm. totally think there is. Uh, Sturgis disappeared, I think he's a mole. Mm-hmm. I think he flipped. Oh, so she's getting info from Fudge, and he's like... Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's getting info from Sturgis. Yeah, yeah that's right, because I'm... I mean, to be fair, if I was told I had to be sent off to, like, torture... Death prison mm-hmm. for six months. I might flip too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah. sounds horrifying. I mean, maybe maybe it was going to be life, and then he got got six, down to six months. months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe, or maybe Mendungus Fletcher is playing both sides. I wouldn't trust that guy. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, at the end of this chapter, uh, Hermione is talking about how she's going to keep Haggard from getting fired, and he's just like, "No, no, it's fine. It's like, <laughs> good luck, Hermione. You know, mm-hmm. I'll have to write my lessons for him. So you know." Yeah. She, I, I'm worried about him when it comes to Umbridge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it's going to work out well for him. Yeah. Chapter 21, The Eye of the Snake. There, And we finally find out what these lizard horse things are. In the first, in Hagrid's first class back, uh, the Care of Magical Creatures class in the Forbidden Forest, they're known as Thestrals. Yeah, these things are cool. And oh, this is a good yeah. class. It is a good class. I right? know. You know, Hermione's doing this whole thing where she's trying to like... Basically, write Hagrid's lessons for him, and she's meeting with resistance, right? But uh, you know, despite Hagrid's history as a teacher not being so great, this is this is pretty cool, right? Yeah, and, it's a really good lesson. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's useful information, and like, yeah, he's uh, he's got uh, the only tame flock herd in Britain of officials in Britain. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. And he yeah. uses them to pull the carriage from the train station to the castle. Yeah, that, that does. Yeah, he even mentions like. They're really super useful, but they don't get much work because that's all I use them for. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, that's fine. Yeah. So, uh, this is something that that's bugging me. I, don't I think ask. I know what it's going to be. Okay, Let's yeah. So, you can only see Thestrals if you see somebody die, right? Right. And we know that... Or if you've seen death. Yeah, if you've seen death. Is. Right. Uh, so, Harry couldn't see them now. Couldn't see them before, but could see them now because of Cedric Diggory. Right. Right. So, didn't... Harry see his parents die when he was a baby. Well, he we, didn't see his dad die. His we, mom yeah. died in front of him, but maybe he wasn't looking, or maybe he wasn't, like, cognizant. Maybe you have to have seen death after puberty. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Didn't he see Quirrell die? Yeah, I mean, didn't he, like, watch his own burning hands kill Quirrell? Um, maybe his eyes were closed? He passed out before Quirrell actually died, maybe? Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Yeah, I was wondering about that as well. Okay, Maybe so. he didn't understand that he was killing Quirrell. Maybe it's the, the understanding of death, which unlocks the part of your brain that can see Thestrals. Well, and here's the question, too. Who has Hagrid seen die? 
Because he's the one who found the Thestrals and brought them there and bred them in the first place. So, I mean... Probably some Hybrid's, of those students. <laughs> I was going to say... Some of say, his former students. Hybrid's Dumbledore's lieutenant. He's probably seen lots of people die. I, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's probably true. Like, if you want to be the gameskeeper, do you have to, like, murder someone so that you can help with the well, Thestrals? Okay, so if, you're going to team those Thestrals? If you were going to pick one person at Hogwarts that could make someone just vanish, who would it be? What? No, like like a, like a body disappear. Yeah, like like go away and never come back. If if I could choose someone at Hogwarts to yeah yeah, who would be the most likely person who could do that? The person who controls all the magical animals, the flesh eating animals. <laughs> oh, Hagrid could vanish a body very effectively. You know, McGonagall could probably the, do the it guy, too. The guy who's like immune to magic yeah. and, and impervious to damage. Yeah, mm. I mean. We know McGonagall can vanish bodies, but she did manage mention that the more complex the creature, the harder it is. Mm-hmm. Hagrid's got it real easy. Right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, where, where's all the food coming for for those spiders, right? That's a lot of spiders. They eat a lot. They do, it's true. <laughs> but, so, okay, also death, right? Does, does it have to be a human death? I'm it's, assuming. It's you see a goldfish good. die? Everyone's seen a bug die, right? I mean, they just say death. <laughs> I'm just surprised there aren't more kids who can see it, considering the wizarding world. Right? Mm-hmm. Only three kids in this class have seen death? Yeah. yeah. Hmm. And Luna Lovegood apparently has. Yeah. Yeah, we I don't know what that's, what's up with that. That's right, yeah. She's seen it, and Neville saw his grandfather kick it. Um, did, we, did they say what the Slytherin saw? No. Yeah. Yeah, it was just some Slytherin kid who can see it. Yep. But who cares, because he's evil. Because he's Slytherin. But yeah, the, the Thestrals are super cool. They are super cool. And it's a really interesting class and you're getting some really good side information about it. But Umbridge shows up to observe. And of course, she's like this horrible bigot. And it's really gross. Oh, God, I hate this. Yeah, she's like, she's clearly building a case for Hagrid's dismissal based on some kind of like half giant, you know, racism, right? Mm-hmm. Um, she's just the worst. She and, is. But I mean, there's no way she's going to let a, like, a Dumbledore diehard like Hagrid stick around if she's got control, I suppose. Yeah, for so sure. So she's going to do this no matter what, right? Mm-hmm. But still, it's really frustrating to read because clearly, you know, like you, like I could see this, this thing happening. It's awful. Yeah. Um, but cut to Christmas break. And so we were, you were wondering earlier, like, is Hermione really brave? I think it is very brave of Hermione to go skiing after Hagrid's whole tale about how the, how the <laughs> giants live in the mountains and muggles die because of them in mountaineering accidents. <laughs> that's right. a good point. Yeah. yeah. Hermione's like, fuck yeah, let's go skiing now in the mountains <laughs> again. Right, yeah. See some giants? That's great. That's a good point. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was funny. Yeah. She, she was like, why don't muggles see them? And he's like, they do all the time and they die. Yeah. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> she's like, great. I'm going to go on this trip with my parents. Yeah. Let's go to the mountains. But... Harry goes home with Ron to the burrow, which is nice. Yeah, you know, Mr. Weasley needs to build up some influence there, right? He's like... I know, it's re- been a while, renew right? His, renew his connection to the, the different factions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. But Ginny's the new seeker for the Quidditch team since Harry's been ex- uh, suspended. And they have their last DA class and Cho kisses him. Oh, God. Just yeah. in case we were beginning to forget, Kiss by time. the way. Kiss time. Kissy face. <laughs> That's uh. right. Just yeah. in case we were uh, we were gonna forget, Dobby takes a moment to reaffirm his position as the creepiest character in the series, <laughs> because he decorated the the DA room with hundreds of pictures of Harry's face. Uh-huh. Yeah, and the sign said "Harry Christmas." Happy yeah. Harry Christmas. The weird part is that each of the pictures is a slightly different picture of Harry's face, and some of them are you know like captured without him knowing it. A right. whole bunch of them are him sleeping. It's just really <laughs> weird, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's just. 
Master Potter, it's just for me personal collection. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so Harry gets a quote-unquote Merry Christmas from show, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Though, it doesn't go super smooth, right? Because, you know, the downside to trying to hook it up with someone after you sort of tangentially are responsible for the horrific death of their uh, last boyfriend is that there's a lot of crying involved. Apparently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, how was your first uh, makeout session? He's like, it was wet. (laughs) (laughs) And not in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. It's hilarious to me, though. Hermione explains, like, Cho's feelings and why she's crying. And the guys are just sitting there stunned. And Ron says, one person can't feel all that at once. They'd explode. (laughs) Yeah. I wrote it down. She says, well, you've got the emotional range of a teaspoon, so you don't understand. (laughs) Yeah. They're lucky that Hermione's there to give them a primer on human emotions. (laughs) Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, they're very, they're lucky in many ways to have Hermione, but she lays this out kind of like Hannibal Lecter. You yeah. Know? Like, oh, here's exactly what's going on in all of their heads, and here's what's going on in your head and your head, too. So let's get back to studying. <laughs> Hermione's very smart. She's, you know. She, you know, she wasn't even there. She can read a situation, you know? Yeah. But yeah, so, you're uh, right. <laughs> and so I have two theories about this. One is that Hermione is like a super genius, and it's not, it's not Dumbledore this whole time. It's been Hermione. Yeah. And sub theory, there is no Hermione. That's just Dumbledore in a disguise. <laughs> Hermione is just like a, a Dumbledore I'm a doll. Girl. <laughs> My other theory Polyjuice is. Polyjuice potion. Right? Right, yeah, Polyjuice potion. Yeah, it probably got hair from some random muggle, you know, in London or something. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Uh, my other theory is that. What's going on with Harry is incredibly obvious to everybody around him all the time. And because he's a stupid kid, he thinks that he has all this turmoil and he's disconnected from all these people. But, like, everybody in all of Hogwarts can read him like a book. (laughs) And they know exactly what he's thinking at all times. I mean, he's not subtle, right? Like, that's not his strong suit. (laughs) Like, so, I mean, maybe he mutters, you know, like, like Randall Thor or whatever. It's like, <laughs> yeah, she kissed me, but she was crying. I guess she was worried about Secretary Diggory. I mean, maybe she's like, maybe she's a little conflicted because Secretary Diggory died and she doesn't know how she feels about me versus Cedric Diggory, you know? <laughs> and Hermione's just saying what he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, he's like, he's hanging out with Cho and he's like, oh, I wonder if she's like really upset about Cedric Diggory. She starts crying. It's like, he's yeah. like, wow, every time she looks at me, I get that feeling like you missed a step. I've got a super huge corruption on this person. And she's, she's like, comes up like, you want to kiss? And he's like... I don't know. Should I kiss her? She wants to kiss me. Okay. <laughs> that was disturbing. <laughs> Imagine how Cho felt. <laughs> but that night he falls asleep and he has a dream where he's a snake and he bites a man who is sleeping. And we find out it was Mr. Weasley. Yeah. Harry's dreams are starting to get as weird as Randall Thor. Speaking of Randall Thor, listen to our other, our other podcast. <laughs> the Dragon Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, but thankfully, when he wakes up, uh, McGonagall believes him when he's like, oh, Mr. Weasley's been hurt. And she takes him to Dumbledore. Fucking finally. I know, right? <laughs> finally, I had that fucking conversation. Seriously, we're finally getting Dumbledore involved. This needed to happen, you know, 10 chapters ago. Yeah. And so it starts to get weird in chapter 22, St. Mungo's Hospital for Magical Maladies and Injuries. Because Dumbledore asks Harry when he saw Mr. Weasley getting attacked in this dream, what perspective he was at. And Harry's yeah. like, yeah, I saw it from the perspective of the snake. And, and all and Dumbledore it was kind of like, oh, okay, okay. But then when Harry says, yeah, I saw it from the perspective of the snake, it seems like that's when Dumbledore realizes that this actually did happen and we need to act right away. Yeah. It's super weird. When they're it's it's funny because when they're showing up, uh they're they're approaching the the door to Dumbledore's office, there's dozens of voices 
coming from his office would stop abruptly when they knock on the door. And it's like, what the fuck is Dumbledore getting up to? Cheese <laughs> <laughs> it. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, he, he a, is. It's just a, your standard everyday Dumbledore-gy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That was I double mean, dumb. <laughs> Don't be a double bore. <laughs> you want some double more? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go places with this one. I know it. Yeah, but apparently he's talking to all the portraits on the walls, the portraits of all the former... Um, headmasters and headmistresses of Hogwarts. Which I feel, by the way, the fact that these portraits are more sentient and more mobile than we previously realized is like a loaded piece of information, I right? have massive questions about this. I know. Yeah? Because he, upon believing Harry's story, he sends some of his, the former headmasters in their pictures. He talks to them and says, go to your other pictures and go see what's going on in those other pictures. Yeah. Which they do. Yeah. They walk off the stage of the picture on, and into the other picture so, they can hear him, they can respond to him, uh-huh. they can go to the other pictures. Uh-huh. And spy for him. Are, are these people only in one picture at a time? Yes. So, yes. Yeah, they must be, because then, remember he talks about, he finds out later that the picture who is in his room at Sirius's house, Phineas Nigellus, was also, is also on the wall in Dumbledore's place. Right, yeah, so then when he goes to, so, but he's, if he's also on the wall, then is he also in Dumbledore's? Like, how can he be in both places at once? He goes. Harry Potter goes to the hospital and sees that witch again, the one that checked in on the hospital. Uh-huh. And, and she, she's obviously the same one. She winks at him. Yeah. So did she just happen to be hanging out at the hospital? Is Whenever Dumbledore is talking to his pictures on the wall, is that frame empty? Yes, I think so. Because well, remember, after, they, after she sees them and does a quick head count, she disappears from the frame to go back to Dumbledore. Right. And also, the the frame in Sirius's house is empty. They make a point about the fact that it's always empty. So, if there's a hundred pictures of somebody, are they? Is there only somebody in them one one hundredth of the time? I guess so. Guess or is so. it? Or or is they? Or if you paint a picture of somebody, like a new picture of somebody, is it does it just become empty when you're done painting it? Because that person's in another frame right now. Well, also, uh, they seem to be able to communicate, even though they're not in the frame, right? Because. Like, Harry hears that headmaster's voice a few times, even though the frame is empty. So it's maybe it's more like the frames are windows into a room where the thing exists, the person exists. Uh-huh. Right. So they're like in a room, and there's all these paintings, and they're all sort of they just pop into each one when they just walk around. But so are all the paintings? They all have the same background. What if they have a different background? Uh, yeah. What, if, what about that dude who is painted like getting the crap beat out of him by trolls? If there's another painting of him like. At home with his family, how does that how does that square? It doesn't. Yeah, he'd have to go. He has to go back and forth. This doesn't make any sense. The only way it makes sense is if these are special pictures. Uh, the, these ones are different from the other ones. Yeah, I mean, it also still doesn't make sense because that means that there's an empty frame at the hospital. Why do they have an empty frame up there most of the time? Well, it's you know they know that it's out of respect. They know that some person sometimes that person will show up every now and then. That's weird. That's <laughs> real weird. <It's> really weird. <laughs> and what are these people's lives like? Do they just sit there like in the room? Like looking out forever. They pretend to sleep a lot. Apparently, they go insane every time. Well, I yeah. would. I don't know where to go with this one. Those are all really good questions. Yeah, I, I, I mean, maybe these, these have got to be special, right? Because well, okay, yeah. What I gotta, what I have to believe is that there's like basically an AI in all of these paintings. Uh-huh. It's not the dead person. It's an AI that is very clever and that interacts with the outside world as though these rules were true, but it's not actually sentient. That is the correct answer, actually. And, like, apparently before a headmaster 
they'll get a painting done of them and they kind of train the painting so it's kind of like a simulacrum of themselves oh okay weird kind of right but then you get into that like chinese room problem like if you train it to be indistinguishable from an intelligent person isn't it an intelligent person Mm. that is trapped here I mean, I guess wizards are pro-slavery anyway, so <laughs> they don't care. Yeah, I mean... The, but I, it would bother me a lot to have the idea that there's a, a simulacrum of me, of my brain out there that has all my memories, but is trapped in this, like, isolation room forever. Yeah, this portrait dimension. It's real weird. Mm. Yeah. But they put it, they make good use of it, you know? Dumbledore has a spy network, and apparently all of the, uh, the portraits of headmasters are sworn to serve... Or to aid the current headmaster. Mm-hmm. So I think it's That's kind of convenient. Fun. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Even yeah. though, uh, was it Phineas? Which Not I, jealous? Yeah, wasn't he? Uh, he was the one they were saying was the least like headmaster of all time, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's still a douche. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he sends, yeah, so he sends some of those portraits to their other paintings to raise the alarm that Mr. Weasley's been hurt. Yeah, and he's, he's Dumbledore's acting pretty weird even for him right like he is throughout this whole thing he's like refusing to look at harry yeah and he does something really weird with some instruments too it's just it's a bizarre scene he gets an instrument and he tries and he says and it shows a snake and then the snake divides into two it's very confusing but he's pleased with whatever the answer is so i think it has something to do with harry being possessed by the snake seems like yeah yeah but we don't know what we just know that dumbledore is happy about it Mm -hmm. says he has a look of grim satisfaction good news i guess i guess whatever it is yeah but he sends harry and the weasleys back to sirius's house through the port key and right as they're leaving harry looks at dumbledore and he feels this crazy hatred and wants to attack him yeah this this is pretty crazy this is uh, this is unprecedented right because usually harry only feels this way about defense against dark arts professors that's true (laughs) I, I get true. it. He's been kind of a dumble douche this year. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but, <laughs> but actually, no. What I think is happening is that Harry is like mind-linked with Voldemort, and Dumbledore knows it. Mm-hmm. So he's not communicating with Harry at all. That's why he's stonewalling Harry, because he doesn't want uh, any information to leak through to uh, yeah. Voldemort. That, yeah. that would make a lot of sense. But they they go back to Sirius's house and they're just kind of waiting around to find get it, get news but yeah they're all sitting around drinking butterbeer wondering if their dad died it's yeah. uh, real good times but Molly Weasley what, what is butterbeer again I, I i was wondering about this so it's it's the thing that they all drink right and yeah. i uh, in my mind it's like root beer but sometimes they describe it as if it's like actual beer and i, I think can't it's tell. like kombucha in the sense that it's like very, very mildly fermented, so that it's a little alcoholic. Because remember, Winky got drunk off of it. That's what but I was thinking. Kids yeah. drink it, so mm-hmm. yeah, from a very young age. Yeah, so you, you can go into a bar and have a good time and order some butter beer, and you can also sit at home and wait for news of your dad dying and drink a butter beer. That's right. It's like an all-purpose mm-hmm. beverage. Yeah, and, it, and it's clearly like edgier than pumpkin juice, for example, because pumpkin juice you drink at dinner, right? Mm-hmm. Right. But butterbeer is what you get in a bar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But luckily, because Harry, I mean, read it as, it, as you will, whatever happened, but Harry informing Dumbledore um, helped get help for Arthur Weasley, and Dumbledore was able to come up with a good cover story for why Arthur Weasley was wherever it was he was at that time. Yeah. So, saved, saved his life. Yes, with an asterisk. Yeah. The next morning, they go to St. Mungo's Hospital. First. Yeah. Uh, Harry does take a minute to tell Sirius about this new bonus feature of his Scarlink and, you know, the whole hating Dumbledore thing. 
And Sirius basically tells him it's fine, don't worry about it. Yeah. Because, like, that's not great advice. No. I'm pretty sure that's terrible advice. Mm-hmm. But the next morning, uh, Mr. Weasley's well enough that they can go visit him at the hospital. I want to hang out at this hospital. I love this hospital. I know. It this sounds is the most so fun great. hospital. Oh, yeah. It's, so it's, it's, it's hidden in a closed department store that people always walk by and like, that place is never open. Because <laughs> they were trying to find a building big enough to house a hospital. In there. So that's what they found. Yeah. Uh, but the waiting room for this place sounds like a nightmarish display of body horror. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's right? like Cronenbergian. Yeah, right. Exactly. There's like people with hands coming out of their stomachs and there's a woman who's like steaming because she's being possibly turned into a tea kettle hard to say yeah mm-hmm. a guy whose head keeps ringing like a bell and he keeps having to grab grab it <laughs> <laughs> a little girl with feathers spreading or wings spreading out of her back yeah this, mm-hmm. is, this is a pretty horrifying place it's but... great anytime you see wizard bureaucracy though oh god i know the, mm-hmm. the front desk i love it it's so good yeah Ground floors, artifact accidents such as cauldron explosion, wand backfiring, and broom crashes, and then there's all the different floors have the different maladies. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So here we finally find proof that wizards can cure cancer because there is no oncology wing. You're right. Oh, man. Oh, that's a good point. (laughs) Or they can't, and they just don't even bother trying. (laughs) Yeah, right? I mean, mean, Jeff, they're not doctors. They're healers. Why would they have a wing for something they can't heal? (laughs) (laughs) That's a good point. But they go and visit Arthur, and after all the kids get to see Arthur, Molly and Mad Eye are having a, a private discussion with him. And of course, Fred and George use their extendable ears, and Mad Eye Moody tells them that Harry is seeing things from Voldemort's snake's perspective, and Voldemort is possessing him. Or probably, yeah. Probably. We don't know this yeah. to be true, but it seems likely. Very and likely. That's Jeff's theory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I, yeah, I think they're they're possessing each other, right? I think yeah. Harry can. He said he gets senses some of what Voldemort is feeling, and Voldemort senses some of what Harry's feeling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of bleeding through on this link, mm-hmm. so, which is so connected to his scar in some way. Voldemort's like, I can't really explain why, but I really want to kill all defense against Dark Arts professors. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. That's the real reason the position is cursed, because, you know, Harry's hatred is transmitted. Mm-hmm. That's, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Voldemort's like, there's this new defense against the dark arts teacher. I don't know why, but I feel like I need to kill him. <laughs> Let me stick out of his head for a, for a few months, see how it goes. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, but, you know, overall, Mr. Weasley was in good spirits, you know. His his wounds keep bleeding, but, you know, that's that's fine. Yeah, they can handle that. Yeah. Yeah, apparently yeah, that's, there's yeah, no they, they for do blood say transfusions. That. Yeah, these wounds can't close, but that's like that's normal. They got stuff for that. Yeah, they yeah. take potions. It's not yeah. a big deal. Yeah, we did. Yeah, just keep drinking this blood regenerating po- potion, and you know, in the meantime, we'll figure out an antidote. It's mm-hmm. fine. Yeah, sure, it'd be helpful to have in like war torn countries. I know, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything you learn about the wizarding uh, health system is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for this week's episode. Next time, we will be covering chapters 23 through 26 of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, the fifth book in the Harry Potter series. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, you can drop us a line at hello at mwapodcast.com. I am Alice Sullivan. That's at Alice M. Sullivan on Twitter or Blue Bonnet Cafe on Instagram. I'm Jeff Flake. That's Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. I'm Mike Sparkman. I don't have one of those. Please share us with anyone you think will like this. Please give us good reviews, especially on iTunes. Please check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash club. Please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Until next time. Finite Finite Podcast. Podcast.